This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. Hey, 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 everybody. We are back. We are excited to be back with our Two Fish community. Uh, We have had a blessed week, and uh, we are just excited to be back here. Uh, We had uh, a goofy episode last week uh, for you guys because we needed a lighthearted week off, and uh, Nick... Nick and I apparently wanted to share love songs with each other. So, uh, if you haven't watched any of the behind the scenes on the Facebook page, you can go there. It was actually don't go there on that episode. It was a horrible episode to watch. But <laughs> some of the comments were like, "This is kind of weird." Uh, two guys talking about these love songs together, but it was a lot of fun. It was lighthearted, which is kind of what we needed last week. We are back and ready to talk about. We teased it last week. The Trinity. The Trinity, which. Is one of those things where if you grew up in a Christian church, that's typically, I'd say, let me say 95% in American churches is going to be part of the fundamentals of Christianity, of the church. Yes. Jesus died on the cross, rose again three days later. Like these are fundamental things that are in the Christian faith. And the Trinity typically tends to be one of those things, probably 95% of the time. The idea of the Trinity. And the reason we're talking about this week, it's kind of been kind of a buzz thing on YouTube. Um, there was a actress, I honestly, I can't even tell you, remember her name, but she's on a TV show and she came out with a YouTube video and said, hey, I don't think that this is actually biblical, the concept of the Trinity. I think there's three different gods. It's kind of how I felt like she was saying it. And I thought, man, that's weird. Where does she get that? So when we decided to start researching it, actually it was in our topics. We have a topics thing. Yeah. And it was already in there. We're just like, whoa, that's not one we're going to touch. But since it got kind of popular on YouTube, we thought, well, maybe this is a good time to do it. Yeah, so we'll be talking about the Trinity, uh, which would be God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and how they interact as three in one. And uh, we're going to we're gonna go to some scriptures, obviously, so we'll kind of, we might be all over in the Bible in this episode. We try not to do that. Feel free to open up your Bible, and uh, if we're reading out of the Bible, Aaron is reading out of the NIV version, and Nick is reading out of the ESV or die version. ESV or die. And actually, for one of these verses we're going to talk about, we actually will pull out the old King James. Um, so, anyway, the Trinity. The whole idea of the Trinity is there's a Godhead, and there's three in one. So it's the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost. And so the idea is that these three different beings are really one being. And just just even saying that right there, it confused. It's it's super confusing. This is also a great episode to make sure that we denote the fact that we are not biblical scholars. But we we have put some research into this and a thought process. And yeah, we're going to share it and try and keep it simple like we normally do. So I guess let's just start at the beginning. And where do we start at the beginning? But the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, is the creation story. And God is creating the world. The first kind of spot where you you get the idea that God's not alone, let's say, is in Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So it's kind of a little bit longer verse, but the beginning is what we're going to focus on there. He said, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. 
that seems to me like there's more than one person in that situation. Yeah. So it's not a me. That's not an I. That's not a he. That's an us. That, that refers to more than one person or more than one entity. So in Genesis, when we're talking about the creation, the word God in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word is actually plural in the Hebrew that it was written in. It's the actual word God is Elohim or Elohim. I think that's how you pronounce it in Jewish. I have no idea. But that is actually a plural. And so when we talk about God, we as Christians believe there's only one God, but there must be more than one moving part there, like we've said, because it's it's a plural word. So obviously when we go here in a second to John, he'll talk about the word in the beginning, which we know in his gospel, the word is Christ. So God and Christ or Jesus and probably the Holy Spirit at that point, all three of these things are moving parts of the same entity. So when you grow up and you read Genesis and you're learning about it in Sunday school, God was there, he's always been there, and then he creates things. And then later Jesus comes in and dies for our sins in the New Testament. But this is, this is really saying that there's, there's more going on. God is not alone, so to say. Again, we are not theologians, and this is super confusing for even us who believe in this. So I think that's a great place to start in Genesis. The other creation story in John 1, 1 in the New Testament, John accounts in the very beginning of his gospel, the creation story. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. There again, it's talking about the creation. It's talking about the beginning of the beginnings. In the beginning was the Word, capital W for Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word, capital Word, that John uses in his gospel, he's referring to Christ when he says, in the beginning was the Word, it's a noun, it's capitalized, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there right from the beginning, both in Genesis and in John, we get the idea that there's more than one entity going on there. Now it's God, God is God, he was in the beginning, but it's as if there's more than one God, but there's not. Right. There's definitely, there's one God, but three parts to the God. But there's more than one moving part to God, maybe? Yeah. That'd be a different way That's to say that. That's actually a really good way to say that. Oh. But yeah, definitely not more than one God, because it is the word was with God and the word was God. So that is saying there is this other part and it is of God. It is part of God and it, and it can't exist without God. Yeah, I guess maybe when I say that is that sounds like a good argument for the fact that there it sounds like there's more than one God going on there. But we as Christians believe that that's not the case. And we'll keep going into that. Another great place that talks about there being more than one entity as part of God. And I think this is one of the verses that really you can stake the Trinity on is first John five, seven. But what's funny is the different translations totally change change oh. how it sounds. So if you if you go to King James, if you are reading out of King James, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a really hard time in King James. So once again, first John five, verse seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Mm. 
Father, the Word, which we know we just talked about from John's Gospel. He's talking about Christ, the right. Son. And the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. What's funny about that is we've talked about different versions and the way they sound and the way they differ. In the ESV, verse 7, for there are three that testify. And that's it. That's all it's got there. All right. New Living Translation is, so we have these three witnesses. And that's it. So in the King James Version, and the Father, the Word, or the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. But in all these other translations, all we get is there are three that testify. But it doesn't break it down the way that the King James does. Yeah. And there's a there's a note in uh, for verse 5-7, a very few late manuscripts add in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, and we have three witnesses on earth. So that's saying kind of the reversal of what usually you think of. As Bible translations come out, they tend to change the way it sounds for maybe modern-day context or this and that. And usually they edit stuff out. But what that's saying is they've added that. They added it in the King James. In the King James, but the earlier text didn't have it in there. And so the, the newer versions of the Bible, the NIV, the ESV, went back to the original texts and got rid of it. Yeah. Kind of weird. But that, that's definitely one of those places you can go to and and say, okay, here's three and one. This is like one of the only places that yeah. I could find. So if you open up the Bible or you search in your Bible app and you're looking for the Trinity, like you're not going to find it in Scripture. Straight out. Straight out. It's not going to say Trinity. The tr- the word Trinity is not even used no. in the Bible. But it's a fundamental concept in the Christian faith to, to understand. This is how I've always understood it. All right, growing up. There's God. All right. He's God. He created everything. He'll be there beginning and end. And he's got three moving parts. He's got his part. He's God. Then when he came down to earth, came as the son, as Jesus. So that was kind of in my mind, the physical manifestation of God as Jesus. And then when Jesus left, he said, hey, I'm going to send a helper. He's going to do even greater things than me, which he really has. So Jesus leaves and then they send the Holy Spirit, which is the third three in one. I think Jesus was correct in saying that because when Jesus was here on earth, he healed and he did all these amazing miracles, but it was only to the people in front of him, the only to the people he could touch, only the people that he was around. Versus when the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit lives in all of us as Christians. When you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You become a Christian. And that's kind of God inside of us. God working in us. God working through us. You know, you get the, the word conscience comes to mind when I think, when keeping it simple like we do. God gives you that conscience is kind of the Holy Spirit. That's the part of God that we as Christians feel inside of us and we get to touch physically, not physically, but we get to have that part of God with us every day. Right. That, that is the part of God that dwells in us. That is, that is our part of our communication to God. Um, so when we're, we're praying to God, God speaks to us through our Holy Spirit. Our Holy Spirit drives us to do the things God desires for us. So that is God dwelling inside of us to help guide us and direct us throughout throughout our daily life. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Which is a really hard concept to understand, right? Yeah. Even even that one part of God being inside us, for the non-believers, you can go to 1 
Corinthians 2.14, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. So that's saying if you don't have the spirit, you're not going to receive God's truth. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. So that's saying if you're if you're not a Christian, you're going to have an even more difficult time understanding this, and you're not going to have the spirit dwelling inside of you to to help you even with this subject or even with life in general. Yeah, if you're not a Christian, you're really not, I guess, maybe caring about this anyway, but once you become a Christian, you get to experience that part of God, the Trinity, that's with you every day. I love the way that says there in First Corinthians. Kind of points to what I was saying a second ago. Once you become a Christian, accept Jesus's sacrifice that God then lives with you within you, and that's his the third part. Right, and I think if you read further down in there, uh, two sixteen in that, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ, and that that is having that Holy Spirit in you. You gain a piece of God, basically, that's going to help you understand his thoughts and his desires for, for your life. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit now. We've referenced Jesus being, in John's gospel, the word and always being there. Let's talk about him for a second. He's the second part of the Trinity, the three in one. Um, Jesus was the fully God and fully man, part of God that came down to earth to eventually die for our sins so that we could have eternity with God. But yeah, he's the second part of the Trinity. Yeah, Jesus, uh, like Nick said, he came down, he died for our sins. He's fully God, he's fully man. He even went to the mountain and and prayed to the Father, right? So that points to there's two separate entities there, but somehow they communicated and they're one. They're, They're one mind, basically. They had one track, they had one goal, and, and that was God's goal. Jesus had to do some form of communication, but he was fully man and fully God here on earth. And I went to Matthew 28, 16 through 20 is the Great Commission. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and our Savior. The, the one person we haven't talked about is our Father. Everybody on this earth has a father. We all have this this dad figure, per se. Um, some of us love him. Some of them are mediocre. Some of them are, are not good. We all have this image of what a father figure is to us, and they're all different. And in the Bible, we have one God, our father, and he encompasses so much that we just can't understand his his knowledge, his power, which is where this the concept of the Trinity even gets difficult, right? Because it is it is far beyond anything we can understand and comprehend, uh, which points to one of my 
favorite verses and it is that you you can't understand my ways and you can't understand my thoughts they're far beyond anything you can even imagine right, right, right. that that is our god he is far beyond anything but if you go to isaiah 44 6 verse 6 this is what the lord says israel's king and redeemer the lord almighty i am the first i am the last apart from me there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let me foretell what will come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? That is our God. There is one God, and he is the almighty God. He is the God of gods. And he encompasses all these things. He encompasses Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to make the three in one. Isaiah 44, 8 goes on to say, You are my witnesses. Is there any God beside me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. That is God just laying it down, proclaiming, I am the one. There is only one. Yeah. So why would he create another God. Yeah, kind of points to the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other God before me. So if there's another God, if he allows there to be another God, that just it just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. And that's where I came to as I was studying this. Like, I call them my rats, random errand thoughts, mm-hmm. was why would God create another God for us to worship? And we're talking a legit God when we're talking about this. Let's say Jesus was a, another legit created God. We're not talking about Buddha. We're not talking about another made up man God. Right. We're talking about a legit if Jesus and the Holy Spirit were separate gods. Why would God allow why would God create another God and then say, Don't follow that God, even though he's a real God. Don't put him before me. It just doesn't make any sense. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about Jesus the Son. We've talked about the Father. Jesus has said, hey, there's going to be another coming. Jesus prays to the Father. But then we've Again, when we talk in First John 5, 7, these three are one in the King James Version there, we get this picture that it's not, God's not setting us up, like you said, with you shall have no other gods before me. He's not setting us up for failure. He doesn't do that. He's, they're trying, he's trying to explain, hey, there's more than one moving part in this. I like how you said that just a second ago about how we're not going to understand it. That's kind of where I was going to go. Our minds here on earth are so small compared to how God is and God's essence and God's being and what he is. We're never going to understand it here on this side of eternity. We're just not. I think we've talked about this in other episodes, other situations where it's okay not to fully understand it because you're not. We're not going to understand it until we get there. Once we're there, it might click and we'll go, oh man, duh, or oh man, that makes sense. Or, oh, I see why you did that, God. Or, I see why this happened. We might understand it then, but we don't need to fully understand it now. We just need to have faith and trust that what God's word says is what God intended for us to know and to live out. That's why he gave us a piece of him, right? So that we can live out what he wants us to live out. Now, not being able to understand God, we have a hard time tapping into our own Holy Spirit. We have a hard time tapping into the God that dwells within inside of us 
let alone trying to understand this grand picture of who God is, who he tells us, you're never going to get it. It's in scripture. You're never going to know my ways or understand my ways. It's far beyond anything you can imagine. But we have a hard time just trying to tap into our Holy Spirit on a daily basis and just follow God's guidance for our individual lives, which I think that's what we should be focused on, not focused on all these other things. This is a primary issue. This is a definite foundation of our belief and who we are as Christians is that we have one God and he worked in three parts. However that works, to me, doesn't matter. But I have a piece of that in me and I need to be able to tap into that piece on a daily basis to live out God's plan for my life. Use that part that God gave us inside of us to understand what his word that's been given to us to read and understand, to help us understand that and help us understand what the son did while he was here to set up all these things and to fulfill all these things in the Old Testament so that we can be as close as we can to the father. I think it's, I think you have to have all three things to make it complete. So another kind of final thought verse here, and I think it goes along with first John five, seven that we talked about earlier, which again, in the King James says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, the verse then is in Ephesians 4. It's actually verses 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And I think that to me, that kind of points to, once again, overall, the Father, through all, the Son, and in all, the Holy Spirit. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of how I feel like what that verse is trying to say. Like, it's one body and one spirit. Like, it's all together. And, again, in First John 5, 7, like, these three are one. Yeah, those, those to me would be the two verses. Um, if you're trying to dive into this Trinity concept that you could go to in the Bible, and it and it's in in a short portion of the scripture. Otherwise, it's really hard to find. It's kind of all over the place. You got to, hey, Jesus said this, and you got to understand that. And then, and outside of the actual scripture, there are several creeds that the early church leaders, um, after the apostles had died, and they're trying to figure this out because they're realizing, hey, Jesus isn't coming back as quick as we thought. So we need to make sure that we have this all written down and that we have, and we're unified in what, this is, and I think Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed, I probably butchered those, but there are two creeds by the early church leaders to say, hey, these are the things we believe, kind of like churches now have their fundamental church, the stones that the church is built on. It's kind of that early church, what they were trying to do to make sure that they preserved what Christ had said and what the apostles had learned from him and through the Holy Spirit. It's kind of what they put down on paper, and the Trinity is definitely one of those things that's in there. Yes, those those two creeds uh, that came about the 300, 400 A.D., um, they, they are really good to read. They are uh, good foundational things to that our, our churches have based themselves on, and uh, we'll be sure to put these in our episode notes because they're, they're rather lengthy, so we're not going to read through them, but uh, you can go to the episode notes and, and 
check these two creeds out, but uh, do, they do a great job of bringing the three together and defining who the Father is, who the Son is, and who the Holy Spirit is, and how they are three in one. And that is a foundational piece of our belief system. Hopefully this episode, you got some value out of it. I know it was a little kind of all over the place as far as verses go, but we're trying to just show so some snapshots in Scripture where it talks about the three and the fact that they are all the same, even though they're not necessarily all the same. Hopefully you found value from this episode. I know it was kind of all over the place. We were kind of, I hate the word cherry picking, but we we're pulling scriptures out of different places in the Bible to hopefully get you to understand that the concept of the three is real and the three in one is in the scriptures. So hopefully you've gotten value of this. If you have, hey, head on over to Facebook and click the follow button there. We do put some other content out on there. Um, you'll be able to watch our behind the scenes episode if you'd like to watch that. Also, wherever you listen to, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so that every week when we have a new episode, you'll be the first one to find it and listen to it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you go out and join the Two Fish community on Facebook and Instagram. Also, hit those subscribe and follow buttons so you don't miss next week's episode of the Two Fish Podcast.